0: stupidity dropped in you know the stupidity of the two of us is you know wanton in this podcast you know it is it is all over the place and you know some of the things that we say we label ourselves and if we had you know a few more listeners i think we probably would be in court by now
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Movie Chef Podcast, where we make a meal out of movies. I'm your host, Tebs, With me is my co-host, Cormac. Looking sexified with your nops percent hey. beer.
0: What hey, oh, not percent beer? Perlinbacker? Uh, Perlinbacker?
1: I've always been of the opinion that nops percent beer is like going for a walk on a treadmill or going to a prostitute for a hug. What's the point?
0: No... But yeah. I think I've gotten I've gotten the taste now for it. It's it's less fattening. It's psychologically trying to fuck with your mind thinking that you're having a beer. And I like
1: one. See, I hate the taste of beer, so maybe that's what goes against it.
0: Because you're a big girl's blouse.
1: I am a big girl. I can only drink clear alcohol. <laughs> <laughs>
0: only <laughs> <or> only <laughs> iron brew wicked.
1: <laughs> there was a a that was a dark three years of my life, which I hope you never return
0: to. We mean three years. You came over <laughs> you came over here. You drank it constantly in university. You came over here, like, maybe three years ago, four years ago, and you were fucking drinking it as well. That's not a three-year thing. That's a a 20-year love affair.
1: (laughs) I think we are both very well aware of the fact that I don't like the taste of lager, and cider (laughs) is not something I want to be drinking when I guest in somebody else's home.
0: Listen, I am not criticising you for not liking beer. You know, I'm not criticising you. But... (laughs) drinking WKD it is it there's like zero like there's there's a class scale to drinking right there's like a class scale you know WKD is is just down from gin or vodka in a tin
1: I don't mind vodka in a tin
0: I know you don't because you've got no class <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't it's grand for you you know it's okay my I, on the other hand, I, on the other hand, am um, Mister Mojito, which is like top of the tree. Like there is no, there, you can, there's no higher than that. I don't
1: think there is actually.
0: There's not you can't no. you can't top it. No.
1: but drinking wicked in a park is a, is a level of drinking that you need to really.
0: There's quite a famous photograph of me in a park wearing a Budweiser t-shirt drinking an entire bottle of wine.
1: I know there is. <laughs> I've put it online many
0: times. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> so how's your week been?
0: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, Quite long days at work, but Mm. I've got through watching a lot of stuff this week.
1: This whole thing that's going on, um, they're doing a trial at the minute for a four-day week. So
0: you Mm -hmm. have
1: a three-day week and Friday, Saturday, Sunday off.
0: Don't fuck it up. If you're in that trial, don't fuck it up. Yeah, but you're in
1: retail, so it won't Mm -hmm. affect you, will it?
0: Well, I I would think that it would affect us. I think that... um, Obviously hours and stuff will be a bit messed around a wee bit but I, I believe that it's for everyone. I, I can't think they would just go do you know who do you know who the only people that don't need more stress is the people in offices who don't have to deal with the general public? do you know who actually does need more stress the people who deal with fuck with general public questions daily yeah fuck the retail sector let them deal with everybody let's keep, let's keep them open fucking every day of, every day of the week.
1: No all I'm saying is would you prefer to do four 12 hour shifts and have three days off a week?
0: Four twelve-hour shifts.
1: Well, you know what I mean. It's, it's spread. I would you prefer your work spread over five days.
0: Uh, I think I would d- like to do four long shifts.
1: See, I, I couldn't imagine getting up to go to work for like seven a.m. So you're gonna have that. That's what I are looking be.
0: at. No, I wouldn't. Your hours, your hours won't go 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 to the same. They'll lower the hours as well. Can't work half a day. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. That's <laughs> not the whole point of the trial scheme. It's working four days and working maybe like from eight to five or eight to six.
1: What do you think I work at the minute? Five days do you a work,
0: week? Do, do you work four days?
1: I do eight till six, five days a week. And? Well, how do I condense that down into four days?
0: Because it would then just move to four days. You're not adding extra hours on top.
1: So why would my work pay me for an ex- for, to give me an extra day off?
0: That's the whole point. The whole point of the the, the project is that you're more productive in those four days than you are in five days. That's the point.
1: I think we all know I wouldn't be that (laughs) any more productive than I am already. (laughs) (laughs) I was absolutely gutted at work. They've moved as desks. We've moved further down the office, like there's a big departmental move thing. And the two things that have really upset me is, one, I'm now further away from the bin. So when I want to throw my balls of paper across the room, I'm always missing the bin now. And the second is I've got a stress ball, because everyone in the office seems to think I need a stress ball. But every time I get really angry, I bounce it off the wall next to me, and the wall's too far away now, so... <laughs> I, <laughs> I
0: thought this was going to be another fucking uh, conversation about uh, what time the lunch hall closes.
1: <laughs> oh, Jesus, don't get me started on that. What was she saying to me the other day? She said, we can't, uh, there's only me on today. Went right, so, she goes, so we haven't got any eggs. She says, what's that got to do with anything? She <laughs> says, well, I can't fry eggs and serve people out here, can I? I says, right, come on then, I'll go, I'll go cook the eggs. She's like, well, I went, I'll go cook them, come on. She goes, no, no, we ain't got any eggs. I didn't go to shop for any this
0: <laughs> Well, that's a different issue, Doreen. <laughs> I'm getting friggin' ass. Laziness, to sleep. Your laziness doesn't come into me, double jobbing.
1: <laughs> um, right, so today we have got trailers, as always, news, hot news, all over your face. We've got the wine list. We have also got uh movies rather than a menu this week. We have got movies that should never have been made. Yeah, now you can take from that whatever you will. But I'm going to say we are some of the shit I'm going to be talking about is pretty fucked up. Um, there's some stuff on here that just movies should never have even been considered before. Some
0: you may see. My, my, list, my list is just movies that probably have annoyed me rather than offensive.
1: <laughs> well, there's a bit of everything on there. There's a bit of everything on there, but we are going to be talking some serious shit. Um, so if you've got any movies that you think should never have been made at all, uh, tweet us at PodMovieChef. Uh, first, trailers. We have a trailer for the Halo TV show that's been threatening to come out for... 50 years. <laughs> 50 years. I think this has been threatened since before Halo game came out. Uh, based on the popular Xbox um, video game series, Halo, uh, we follow the genetically modified Master Chief on some it's sci-fi, in it? Sci-fi aliens shooting mm-hmm. aliens. Probably a government beow, beow, beow. conspiracy.
0: They're always a government conspiracy. Yeah. Um, genetically modified human beings, uh, star battles. Uh, and, and external strife to do with, you know, lower class people and, you know, yeah.
1: You know the two, the, these two things, the games better than I do. First mm-hmm. of all, Cortana, the character that showed up, was that a character in the games?
0: Yeah, well, Cortana is kind of like a, a a guide throughout the game. So it's like a hologram guide.
1: Right, because um, Microsoft's attempt at Alexa and...
0: Yeah, it was Cortana. Google, yeah. It was
1: Cortana. So did they name that after the games then or...? Yeah. Was it just a coincidence?
0: I actually had a Nokia Master Chief Edition. They gave it to all game managers in my first conference. I believe it was. Still have it sitting in there. Uh, there was only a hundred and fifty of them made, wow. uh, and it was the first device that had Cortana on it. So I have that in there. You could get
1: upwards of ten pounds for that on eBay, right? Now.
0: I don't even think anybody would pay ten pounds for that, that. I bet they would. Phone.
1: I bet in like twenty know. years' time, you'd, you'd get some money for that.
0: It was like the, like the Microsoft interface is just the fucking worst interface I've ever, ever encountered on a phone. Oh, I, tried I, to, I, I tried to actually use it um, because I was actually heading away to the conference about two years later and my phone broke. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? Oh, I need a phone. And I took it. And I was like, fuck. So I, on the way down to town to get the bus, I, I turned it on and I just couldn't work it. So I actually went into my place of work and we sold phones and I basically stole a phone for the weekend so that I didn't have to deal with the Nokia phone.
1: (laughs) I had a Nokia Lumia, and it had all... It's all the squares, one of the tiles. Yeah, the
0: tiles, they're all fucking horrible.
1: And this Nokia Lumia, I was doing something, and a stupid me decided to try and open my photos, and the whole thing just froze, and it flashed a couple of times, and it turned off, and it's never turned on since. And somebody says, oh, your phone's bricked, it means you've lost everything now. Ah, I better rush out and buy another one then. Fucking hell, never bought one since. <laughs> um, and the second one is: Do you think this is going to have a, a Master Chief is framed for something he didn't do, and he goes on the run, and all this? It looks like it's well, going to. Have it, that.
0: It, it's going to. It's going to become very Judge Dreddy, I think, because yeah. you never see Master Chief's face, and in the trailer you basically see the back of his head and his yeah. back, and that's kind of it's, it's going to be like one of those things, and. <sighs> I don't know. I've kind of Mandalorian's done it now better than anything else, so I, I really don't care about a face reveal. You know, I don't I don't really give a shit.
1: Yeah, unless it's like someone famous or if yeah. I can for me Master Chief, I don't I don't want to see his face. That the whole no. point is you don't know who it is.
0: I just But that's, let's be brutally honest as well. This show needs to be fucking amazing because at the end of the day Halo Zenith was like 2007, 2008 when Halo 3 came out. You know, Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, even yeah. that like 2003 to about 2007, 2008. Um, Let's be honest. If I was to say to my son, you know, oh, come on, we'll go fucking play Halo. He'd just look at me and go, no. <laughs>
1: nah. I don't think I've played any Halo games since Halo 3. Uh, I did play
0: that. I did play that new Halo game that actually is quite good uh, because they've 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 changed the kind of shooting dynamics of it. It was on Game Pass or downloaded to see what it is. Um, But they kind of Halo was always clunky. Halo was always very clunky, ups and downs and lefts and rights, and it's it's a lot smoother now. Like it's a hell of a lot smoother. It's just like playing something like Titan Falls or or whatever.
1: But in terms of the the TV show coming then on Paramount. Plus in March, um, Neil Blom is it Neil Blomkamp had a like a, tra- a teaser trailer put together, like a, almost like a, an indie trailer for Halo, and quite brutal, quite violent, um, heavy on the sort of the dystopian sci-fi. And I like that this seems to have still be edging onto that side of it, very gritty, very real. It looks like there's a lot of practical effects in there, and if it isn't, the effects are very good. Um, so I am gonna be watching this. I'm actually quite looking forward to this. I'll give it a
0: yeah, I seen I seen uh Bucky Mudbine as well, so I was, yeah. I see, so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll,
1: do. Do. that'll do. Um Netflix have also announced uh, brought out a trailer for their Texas Chainsaw Massacre sequel, reboot remake, legacy sequel, as we did in a couple of weeks ago, a couple of episodes ago.
0: Let um, it die. <laughs> just if, let it die.
1: If you are interested, <laughs> and we are doing this as a as a as a as a tester, if you want to uh, hear our audio commentary of the new <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre trailer, it is
0: it is not interesting.
1: It is not interesting at all. But rather than having to sit and listen to us talk about a movie for two and a half hours, press play on the new trailer. In fact, you know what? Fuck it. I'm not doing. It. I'm not going to the effort of doing it. I'll just stick it. On. I'll stick it on at the end of this episode. And if you want to have a listen to what we think of the trailer, have a watch of that. But um, yeah, I'm getting very much Halloween 2018 vibes from this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 getting to be that every single uh, remake, reimagining, reissue, re this, re that of a TV show of a movie is following just the same uh, Lego bricks. You know, it's following yeah. the exact same dynamic. You know, it's it's two thousand and up a wee bit. It's going to middle America a wee bit. You know, it's it's getting gore. You know, it's it's that kind of shock thing of will we see gore? Um, I've, I've recently started watching that, and I, I'm going to get the name wrong, because I've got it wrong about 16 times. We Are All Dead. The Something scene, like that, yeah. South, all of us are dead, South Korean thing. So, me and Rachel watched the first episode last night, and it's like mm. an hour, hour and 10 minutes. Um, it, there's nothing new in there at all. Yeah. So it's like a it's like a teenage zombie flick. Um the, the one thing that's annoying me though is each episode is like between an hour and an hour and twenty minutes long. Okay. Yeah. It's a fucking slog like
1: See Squid Game did something amazing and now yeah, everybody else is suddenly pulling out all these scripts of South Korean zombie horror films that they can of T V shows.
0: Yeah. It's not even that they did anything amazing. They just literally did what South Koreans do. You know, any T V show movie, they just you know they they put a bit of colour in it and oh, 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 You know, it's in the collective, un- collective unconscious now of people, Squid Games.
1: Um, so in some news, then we'll start with the the most recent bit. Dakota Johnson um, is being suggested that she has signed up to play Madam Web in Sony's Spider-Man universe. Madam Web, um, not a character I'm that familiar with, to be honest.
0: Neither am um, I, no.
1: Um, the general gist that I got is she's sort of a, an antagonist who is Uh, much older, um, never sort of gets, you know, into hand-to-hand fights with Spider-Man or the heroes. She, you know, manipulates those around her and she gets that name from sort of having this web sort of like interface that gives a genius intellect. But usually in the comics, she's blind, paralysed old woman um, connected to a life support. So I'm, I'm struggling to fill the dots between Dakota Johnson and... Playing this Madam Web, but Marvel is Marvel. Maybe they've
0: got a. take this. Take this with what I actually mean of it. Right. the The first Marvel run was kind of based in reality, right? So you had a lot of like humanistic characteristics and human people. You know, Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye. uh, uh, Every one of them was at one stage or another, maybe some kind of of human. Um they are going now towards the kind of every character is not human. Like they are just subspecies or they are a multiverse character or if I like it or not. Do you know what I mean?
1: Mm. Yeah, I get where you're coming from. See the it, yeah, the original even went to a original the original films or the early MCU went to a lot of effort to say even in Thor, they were saying, what you believe is magic and what we believe is science are crossed over, you know, and they were kind of trying to very much base it in every superhero's power was on some very faint chance possible in science or some way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And I totally get what you mean now, everything is wizards and aliens and yeah. gods and, yeah, they're going, I think they've just gone and said, right, we've, we've got free free scope to go do what we want to do now. This is Sony. This is this is their side of it, so this is going to be in the same universe as, like, Venom, Morbius, whichever S- Spider-Man they decide on, but um, apparently there's a, a lost daughter um, the film that she was in recently that's got quite a lot of, like, Dakota Johnson's all right, I think not watch Fifty Shades of Grey, but Yep, they're bringing her into place. In <laughs> course she's dead. Okay, maybe once or twice. Or twice.
0: Touching, touching the Wang over James. James Darnan. James Darnan. James Darnan by Glove. Uh
1: What have we got? BAFTA. BAFTA nominations are out. Okay. Um, the British Oscars, some would say.
0: Ooh. <laughs> The true um, Oscars, the true Oscars, Paul.
1: So we've got for best film: uh, Belfast, Don't Look Up, June, Licorice Pizza, and Power of the Dog.
0: Licorice Pizza or Power of the Dog will win that.
1: I think. Yeah, either one of those will win it. Um, I think Belfast has got a shout. Nah. I think that. Nah. Power of the Dog. The
0: Brits I... don't want to be reminded of what they did, Paul.
1: It, to be honest, have you seen it? No. It's. Um... So I want. I'm being okay. very careful about it. It's,
0: it's okay to say shit.
1: No, it's not shit. It's a very good film, but a lot of the conflict going on in the film was between the people of Belfast. There was very little of the British in it. Oh,
0: was there? What, what were they? What was the argument about, Paul?
1: Um, some people being. Mm-hmm. Let me see my notes here. Catholics. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: A cat, A Catholic. Uh huh. Uh huh.
1: Yeah. And some people being. prods prods
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: um and they didn't like each other and uh-huh. um
0: uh-huh. Uh-huh. why don't they like each other Paul? i mean of course the british have their hands are, are, are completely clean of all this i mean but please explain
1: but this is belfast's own kenneth branner that has made this about belfast's own <laughs> kenneth <laughs> branner's upbringing so it You're can't right. be Kel- own kenneth
0: Belfrans, Kel- <laughs>
1: <laughs> so um licorice pizza i ain't seen yet don't look up i think is in there because it ticks a lot of the right boxes, but
0: I, the, BAFTA, the BAFTAs the do like to be a wee bit left as well. Like yeah. the BAFTAs the BAFTAs do love love to be a wee bit left. So don't look up's a good shot.
1: I think Don't Look Up's going to get the, the screenwriting awards in the same way that The Big Short did. It was recognised yeah. for the for the quick writing, but very little else. Um, June, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, June was amazing. June was, I loved, I,
1: I loved it. it. Power of the Dog. I just it just seems like one of these that is. There to win an Oscar,
0: yeah.
1: Everything about it is put together for it to go after an Oscar or two, probably about five. Um, other big, uh, other let's have a look at some of the other best animated film Encanto yes. Flea, Encanto, Luca. Encanto is
0: Encanto. 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 Yeah. gonna win. Encanto.
1: Best original screenplay. So we've got Aaron Sorkin for Being the Ricardos. Kenneth Branagh's, uh, Belfast, so Kenneth Branagh for Belfast. Branagh will Adol, win it.
0: Branagh will win it. For Belfast. Yeah, he'll win it.
1: Yeah, it was, it was quite good, actually. Uh, Zach Berlin for King Richard and Paul Thomas Anderson for Licorice Pizza. Um, so best actress. We've got Alan ha- Alana <laughs> Halm. Haim. 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 Haim from the Clean band for Licorice Pizza, Lady Gaga, for House Lady of Gucci. Lady
0: Gaga! <laughs>
1: uh, Amelia Jones for Coda, uh, Renate... I'm terrible with names, eh? <laughs> <laughs> for world's, per- uh, world's... <laughs> the worst person <laughs> in the world. Come on, Paul, we're getting together. <laughs> Okay, well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a Joanna
0: Scanlon and Tessa Thompson. There you go. There's the thank last you, take. thank yeah, you very yeah, much. i was yeah, struggling
1: there. Yeah. You struggle with one, uh, yeah. I struggle with one name, and then I go on to the best actor awards. Adil I can't Akhtar. Wait, do
0: you get the best actor?
1: Adil Akhtar uh, for Ali mm-hmm. and Eva. Benedict Cumberbatch mm-hmm. for the Power of the Dog. Leonardo DiCaprio for Don't Look Up. Stephen Graham in Boiling Point. Will Smith King Richard, and Blade for Swan Song. Mahashala <laughs> Ali.
0: Mahashala Ali, yeah.
1: Mahashaala Ali. Um Yeah, look, it's a strong year. I think after what happened. Do you think um, do you
0: think it's a strong year?
1: <clears throat> I do. There's a lot in there that I think are much more mainstream than last year and year before. In a sense that I think a lot more people have seen these now and not just for the fact that um not just for the fact that the pandemic's over as such, but you look at the twenty twenty one Oscars. Um, Nomadland won, yeah, but you put Nomadland against any of these Best Picture nominees for the Baftas, anyway, um, and I think every one of these will be better than Nomadland. So I just think it's now we have getting to the point where people are starting to release the the stuff they want to make money on, and they're not, afraid, you know, not afraid just to release yeah. it. Yeah, my God,
0: I still, I still think it's a very, it's a very weak year because usually you would get, you would get a couple of big blockbuster uh, kind of nominations and stuff as well in there. There'll be that one film that everybody has seen. I what, think June's
1: that June's that film this year.
0: June's that one but if you, let's let's look at Power of the Dog, which is on Netflix Licorice Pizza, Don't Look Up, which is on Netflix and Belfast and June right? June is the standout the standout blockbuster. I would probably, I would bet my life that Belfast, Don't Look Up Licorice Pizza and Power of the Dog probably hasn't made £50 million between them.
1: Do you know what I am absolutely appalled at BAFTA for? Last Night oh. in Soho is one of the best British films seen I've that. seen in a long time. Last Night in Soho is a wonderful film. It is, it is original, it's unique, it uses fantastic filmmaking techniques to tell its story, sound, production design, costume design, all outstanding. And BAFTA have decided to give it nods for Best Sound. i
0: it's mean, for Outstanding British Film as well.
1: Right. Against all those. I, that for me is... I mean, look, we, how many Outstanding British Film nominees are there compared to Best Film?
0: Uh, probably five more. I think it's to, ten, isn't it? Yes, yeah. so there's ten
1: in there. One of those is No Time to Die, which... Is not one of the best (laughs) 10 films of last year, let alone 10 best British films or whatever. Um, But Last Night in Soha, I think it's been absolutely scandalous that it's been overlooked by BAFTA, uh, just for even more nods. Um, But then again, it's more popular to get Adam Driver and Lady Gaga to your award ceremony than...
0: uh, Yeah, and I I was just about to say that just be prepared for Lady Gaga to win for House of Gucci, Just, just because she is going to be there.
1: Yeah, and we need her to play a song at halftime, so let's give her the award. Yeah. Um, there is suggestions that The Rock, well, The Rock, Dwayne, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, mentioned that he's hinting that he's going to be bringing to one of the all-time biggest video game franchises to the screen to make one of the best video game movies. Finally. Finally.
0: Rockstar rock at my hamster.
1: We've got Speculations that it could be God of War,
0: Roland on the ropes,
1: could be, could be Frogger,
0: Ro- Roland in the caves.
1: Um, they suggested it could be Gears of War. I think he's uh, oh, Gears I'd, of War be good. I'd like Dave Batista as Phoenix, uh, really, to be honest, rather than The Rock. Mm. But I, I think just getting five big, it's,
0: big yeah, it's burly, much, beefy men—it's men much and, of a muchness, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's big, <laughs> big, beefy, tanned. Sweaty, beefy, oily men and shooting yeah. aliens in the base and big, yeah. beefy, big. Um, does,
0: that kind of, does that kind of movie play anymore, though? Does that kind of movie play?
1: Well, Expendables is getting a fourth one.
0: Yeah, I, but like, does anybody actually watch Expendables anymore?
1: Would you watch? I'd if they made Gears of War with five testosterone-filled men shooting aliens for an hour and a half, Chainsaw out the fuck. I'd watch it because it's a <laughs> fucking action film. <laughs>
0: Have you watched Have you watched The Orville? No. Right. I watched the it's,
1: first five minutes and it didn't do it. But
0: Yeah. It, it can get very preachy, right? It, it is literally just Star Trek with an extra 10 minutes of comedy. That's it. That's what it is. All right. There, it's, it is not overly comedic. It is not, um, you know, your slapstick fucking family guy that you would expect from Seth McFarland. It's not like that at all it can be very preachy, like incredibly preachy. Um, You know, talk about different storylines, gender, changing people's genders, and you know, inter-species relationships and stuff. But the reason why I mentioned it is there's a great character in it. I can't remember his fucking name for the life of me, but it's an alien guy. And he is, uh, he's not gay, but his partner is another uh, man. Of the species because there is no females of the species. Okay. And they're just, it's just men. And there's, he goes into the replicator uh, from time to time and he has these like orgies with other uh, big, burly, you know, masculine men. And that's the only thing that popped into my head there when you started talking about Gears of War, <laughs> like a real testosterone, gay version of Gears of War. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, I would fucking go to see that. <laughs>
1: somebody sent me a tiktok i'm not actually on tiktok but somebody keeps sending me the links to these tiktok videos and somebody said just try telling me wrestling was gay in the in the 80s and 90s and there's just this montage of all these different wrestlers stand there going, I'm going to take my hand and I'm going to put it right in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to t- I am going to fist you all night. <laughs> it's just like all this different... <laughs> I'm going to sit you down, I'm going to spread your legs and I'm going to make you take it, boy. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, I think Call of Duty is going to be very interesting because modern day Call of Duty, modern warfare, I can see. I don't yeah. want... I, I, I've seen enough World War Two and World War One films. I don't think but Call the, of Duty. They're all,
0: they're all the same. They're all the fucking same. It's going to end up like that fucking Wahlberg movie, uh, American Sniper. They're they're all going to be identical.
1: Yeah, but what I'm saying is, Call of Duty is. It, it, as much as it likes to pretend it doesn't, it does glamorize violence, army, all this. Shit. It, mm-hmm. it, it, it it Hollywoodizes the the war. I don't want to see that with World War Two. I'll see that with. The rock, you know, rock the Dwayne Johnson going into Korea or fucking Syria somewhere. You know what I mean? I'll see a modern day just want You just, want,
0: you, just you want rock to be like Chuck Norris of nowadays, like yes, when Chuck Norris when Chuck Norris was making those pro American eighties uh, fucking movies.
1: I want rock the Dwayne Johnson to remake Delta Force. Hmm. Same story. Just do like a Gus Van Sant remake shot for shot of Delta Force.
0: Just with the rock. I was very close to putting cycle in movies that shouldn't have been made. Oh, fucking hell.
1: Um, We also had... I cannot believe I'm saying this. Fucking hell. Can you hear... Can you hear that? That's the sound of the barrel being scraped this week. (laughs) The first footage from Knives Out 2 has been released. Brilliant. And do you know what it was? Do you know what the first footage? Let me describe it to you. People walk onto a boat in the background. In the foreground, Daniel Craig turns his head. Me describing it lasted longer than this footage being released as and people have gone mad saying it's going to be the best film ever. And the cowards. Now I am looking forward to it. I think I'm going to have fun with it. I know you're not because Last Jedi. But
0: not just Last Jedi. Not it's not do you know what? And this this snapshot proves it. This kind of this kind of sneak peek proves it for me. Ryan Johnson is so far up his own arse, he doesn't say things like Nolan says them, you know, I'm going to change cinema how people view cinema. No, he's not like that. Ryan Johnson would say it to himself. This is going to fucking break the internet. This is going to be the greatest fucking thing ever. And I'm not going to even fucking do anything. Lethal. Boom, there you go. <laughs> yeah. And he's sitting fucking slapping his dick off the table, just going, this is brilliant. This is brilliant. let go wet the appetite. And now anybody who doesn't fucking know Knives Out is looking at it going, who gives a fuck?
1: So you're not excited for Knives Out too. I would rather watch Poirot. Well, funny you should mention it because Death on the Nile is going to be coming <laughs> out uh, very soon. Um, they can't get uh, Amihama out of, me, out of uh, Death on the Nile. Apparently, uh, I read some and I, I, can't, I couldn't find
0: it share it with you. They apparently can't get him out? What, are they the... threatening to eat everybody? <laughs> he just locked himself in the fucking... I'm not coming out. I'll eat your fucking toes. <laughs>
1: Army, get out, man! Apparently, <laughs> apparently, they've gone back and tried to, const, you know, judge how to refilm it with without mm. him with a different actor, and he is like one of the main stars in it. He's he's in nearly. They can't do it. So,
0: yeah. I picture I picture Army Hammer is. Do you remember that episode of Treehouse of Horrors and Simpsons where uh, Bart Twin lives in the attic? Yeah. that that's what Army Hammer's like on the set of all these movies now. Like, like he's, he films it in secret, and then he just goes away and lives in the attic again.
1: There was a rumor that um, police were digging up a movie set from one of the films he shot about <laughs> two years back. Apparently, somebody went missing around that time. And
0: oh, I don't know. There's a, a legend, Wouldn't it be like, great? Allegedly- Wouldn't it be great if he did actually turn out to be like fucking Ted Bundy? Do you know what I mean? That he murdered fucking hundreds of people. Yeah. Well, um, obviously, hold uh, <laughs> on. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Goes outside. Goes outside. Goes outside. I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would but. be fucking brilliant. <laughs> that and be like, he's fucking. been eating them all. Wouldn't that be great? And he's been like feeding it all to Hollywood and all these fucking Hollywood people are. Oh yeah, love your fucking. Your this tofu sandwich really tastes like mate. Oh, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Doesn't it really taste like mate? Doesn't it? Ah, <laughs> uh, <I don't> <laughs> that's a wee girl a fucking murdered down the road. <laughs> Yeah, fuck, like, ah, I, can you, just
1: imagine, I can just imagine one of that that morning when the, the news were breaking about Armie Hammer allegedly breaking about Armie Hammer and Golgadot gets a text from Johnny Depp like you didn't eat those tofu burgers that Armie <laughs> Hammer gave you did <laughs> it?
0: <laughs>
1: um, right the wine list I didn't tell you we were going to be doing this but no you didn't
0: That's yeah
1: cool. I want to do it Boba Fett <laughs> Great. I watched Boba Fett this week. Okay. First five, uh, four episodes, thought was, mm-hmm. was good. Mm-hmm. I think Quadrophenia, halfway through, I thought that was probably the, some of the weakest special effects. That that car chase mm-hmm. through, the, through Moss, whatever well, yeah. it is. It
0: wasn't, it wasn't great. Moss
1: S. But that was ropey. That was ropey. Yeah. I, I've loved the sort of lost S kind of. You know, telling the story from before, which is showing what's influencing him now. So that story between getting out Sarlacc to where mm. he is now, I, I like that. Showing it flashbacks. It's, it's showing his learning I loved all that. And I tune in every episode. Well, now I'm going to be tuning in every episode to see more of Boba Fett. Why did episodes five and six turn into The Mandalorian season three? Because it could. No. Yes, it could. No, and this- yes, this yes. is the wine I- list, right? This is the wine list. You know, if you go out to for a steak, no, let's put it the other way, you're going out for pizza, right? You're going out mm-hmm. for a pizza and you've ordered pizza and you really fancy a pizza.
0: And somebody gives you a lovely steak in the And of- somebody
1: brings you a steak out. Now you sat there at your table, you're like, I'm hungry. I love pizza. And I wanted pizza. That's what I came for. I came for pizza. Now you're serving me steak. Now I'm gonna have steak next week. Why are you giving me it now? Why?
0: You're the only man in the world that could complain that The Mandalorian was in this TV show. But You're I'm the only man. Fett. You're like, it's like I can imagine you. I can imagine you watching the end of season two of The Mandalorian when Luke Skywalker and, and being furious. Bullshit. Why is, he there? Why is he there? This is bullshit. I'm Fuck
1: getting Skywalker. on.
0: The- <laughs> I've seen a new hope. I don't need to see Luke Skywalker again. I, no. I, on the other hand, I, on the other hand, this is my. This is going to be my sweet treat. Fucking, I loved it. I loved every minute of it.
1: Best episodes of the series, by the way. I, I must back. say that, right? But the point is, imagine watching the Boba Bob Fett, book of Boba Fett, and you see a Mandalorian turn up and uh, he's in is in the thing and, and Fennec, whatever his name is, goes to see him. And he goes, yeah, but I've got to go do something first. Then we see another episode of Boba Fett. And then right at the end, Mandalorian comes back and he's like, oh yeah, I've dealt with it now. Let's crack on. And then, you're like, where did Mandalorian go? Where did he go? Start season three. We see all the stuff we grow, go and stuff. Why is There's the no showing as that? An-
0: There's no joy in you, is there? There's there is no joy in me. There's no there joy. joy.
1: There was a lot of joy when I was, I was enjoying the Book of Boba Fett. Did
0: Can we him- also just say this? Have you watched the latest one?
1: Uh probably.
0: Did he go see him yet?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Right, okay. yeah. Spoilers for Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, you went to see him. Unbelievable CGI, great, fantastic, absolutely astounding,
0: unbelievable.
1: And I loved nice. the, the scenes, and I loved everything about it. But it was not Book of
0: Boba Fett. But you have, but you have no joy in your life, and I you do have something joy. you complain, you don't give joy. Do.
1: no joy. No, you are fucking
0: right. Anybody else in the world would see Mando and just go like, and gush, oh. Berlin, I did. Uh, we're not only going to get to see Boba Fett. We're not only get the. Uh, we still get to get two more episodes of Boba Fett, but we're also getting two episodes of Mando. Unbelievable!
1: Why can't we have two episodes of Mando in Mando's TV series <laughs> Why can't we have you know four episodes? Of- <laughs> no. Do you know what this is doing? Do you know what this is? This is just showing it's going to be. Disney has created the Star Wars show. Every you single like, we, we haven't got series for a character. Obi Wan Kenobi. You're watching that. You're watching Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. And on episode three, we go to see what happened with fucking Chewbacca on Kashyyyk for two episodes. No, I haven't tuned in for that. I've tuned in for Kenobi. Those Mandalorian episodes had no basis on Boba Fett at all.
0: (laughs) The man that walks into the cinema. The man that walks into the cinema and then the trailers come on. I didn't come here to see trailers. I came here to see the latest Marvel movie that's going to disappoint me. Okay, I'm going to watch the latest
1: Marvel movie, and then you know what? I'm going to. Oh, right, wicked! I'm seeing Iron Man. Yeah, Iron Man. Oh, Act One and Act Two. What's going to happen in Act Three? Okay, here's 25 minutes of Captain America just wandering around. No, I didn't come see like
0: Civil War, like Civil War.
1: But that was telling you what you were going to be watching there. Watch your your Civil War. (laughs) You were watching Civil War. That's no
0: joy. There's no joy. I've got joy. I had joy, joy,
1: and I wanted to see more Boba Fett. You know what? If we're watching Mandalorian and they suddenly take a two episode detour to go and see what Boba Fett's doing, you'll all be fucking raging. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Dickhead. (laughs) Fuck your Mandalorian. It's just a cheap knockoff version of Boba Fett anyway. Right. (laughs) Let's talk about films that should never have been made.
0: Films? Do you know what? I need to actually write them down on a, on a, a note. Well,
1: let's let's go to a break then and discuss all this offline. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right, maybe you should write them all down.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You kind of caught me by surprise there.
1: Well, this week we are discussing movies that should never have been made. Um, I and my fellow chef there's, uh, so many. The mis-
0: there's so many
1: we had the misfortune of seeing a certain matrix film um <laughs> in uh, over christmas and new year that i just wanted to talk about it and then it just got me thinking what films have there ever been that you just know should never have been made it, Joel, I, it's, I,
0: I, I, th- I think we should just start with it i think we should just do Matrix i think
1: you just want to get it over with it, it shouldn't have been made
0: I think we should, it, we should just do it. Yeah.
1: Matrix 4, Matrix Resurrections, is, it's like, you know when you're fighting with your girlfriend and you take her out to a family meal and she just makes the whole fucking night awkward? <laughs> it's like that. The, halfway through, the guy going, oh yeah, Warner Brothers, told we're going to make a fourth Matrix game with or without you, so you better do it. This looks like Lana Wachowski has just gone, well, I'm going to make it, but I'm going to fuck it up.
0: Yeah. I, per- yeah. That, that, do you know what? I get I g you've I think you've just hit the nail on the head. I I think that it, it's made just to annoy people because there's no other justifiable reason why I can see this movie being made. No, yeah. There are there are some really, really, really interesting things in this movie. Right. Now I thought first and foremost that they were gonna lean more on the robots and humans now coexist and that they can They have been working together in the Matrix, uh, trying to make an existence for each other together and living in that space. I would have found that probably a 10 times more interesting movie. Now, the other part of that is the Matrix zombies. So the scene in the movie, right, where they started like changing people into the coded eyes, and then they were all trying to kill Trinity and, and Neo I thought that was probably the best part of the movie and I sat there the whole time thinking why didn't they just make a fucking zombie Matrix movie? Like a far more interesting concept, far more intelligent, you know, way to make that movie but what they did was this they wrote down the end of this movie first and I fully believe that the final scene was the first thing that they wrote yeah yeah Trinity Trinity flies away carrying Neo because he can't fly anymore and Trinity is the flyer now
1: and it is I'm sorry to go there but it is another example of Hollywood films um, basically taking away the power of the leading men and transferring them onto the women because they want to be woke, they want to be seen as equal by giving the power to the women over the men. I've not got a problem with that. If the story were to allow it, having Neo assimilate back into the Matrix and then in the next film, the new one is Trinity Mm -hmm. because there's always an anomaly. Great. Do it. But it's going against everything you've said so far and said, well, Trinity is actually the one as well. Would you believe it? It's just not. It's... Um, all the stuff in Zion I mean you mentioned putting Matrix 2 and 3 on this list as well of movies that should yeah. have been made personally I think I can watch them, I, I, I'm not horrified by them, they don't anger I, me. I, I can yeah. just watch them
0: I believe that the Matrix 2 and the Matrix 3 are completely and utterly fucking insufferable because cool. yeah. the first Matrix movie was so good you know. and, and there's another one I'll talk about later on um, about a trilogy that the first one was just so good and you want expect everything after everything coming up to be as good. but they just turned into these visual effects, wank fests. you know, we, we watched on the DVD fucking uh, extras how they closed down a highway, you know, seven miles strip of highway and built a fucking highway just so they could do this one fight scene, you know yeah. and It's just like, Uh, is that really and truly within the spirit of the first movie no No. does it it have any bearing on anything to do with the movie no see I'll
1: count you on that one in Matrix Reloaded that freeway chase was it was innovative the special effects are outstanding it is a great action sequence and I think that's what it took from the first one and this is why Resurrections was so poor because that first matrix, you know, the that the iconic fucking bullet time dodge on the on the rooftop where he sort oh. of falls back on his, unbelievable the shootout in the lobby, incredible, reloaded took it up a, another step. Now yes, the fight in the in the play area with multiple Smiths was terrible, but the freeway was trying to do new things.
0: I'll counter you with this, right? Which was better? the freeway chase in the matrix 2 or the start of beverly hills cop which which chase was better
1: okay i'll give you beverly hills cop but what i'm trying to
0: still trying to do no. beverly hills cop did it 10 times better uh, bullet did it 10 times better french okay. connection did it 10 times better and they didn't need to spend a 100 million dollars to do it the reason why they did it was to say that they did it
1: that's fine they at least had a go at it and you look at matrix resurrections there's none of that there is no risks there's no investment there's no attempts to do something new the the matrix resurrections was it's a money grab and it's made by people who don't want to make it the only people wanted to make that were warner executives and for that reason that's why i'm saying it should never have been made the last one ended it yeah neo's in the matrix (laughs) saved humankind Matrix 4 should never have been made.
0: But you know what? They'll probably make another one. Oh
1: fucking right, they're gonna do it <laughs>
0: Jesus.
1: <laughs> so what else you got then?
0: Okay. Uh I I, I I spoke of another trilogy. Uh and at one one day, one day, over several podcasts, we will do Star Wars. We'll yeah. do the latest, we'll do the latest trilogy. Rise of Skywalker, Force Awakens, and the other one. Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna put all three of these movies in that they shouldn't have been made at now, all, at all. None of them. Now, I will put this as well. Is that the Force Awakens is in my top three Star Wars movies, and I would rather it not have been made for the same reason as why I hated the Matrix Two and the Matrix Three was because what followed, what followed, was I, I, I can't, I cannot describe. The hatred that I had for the second one, I can't describe to you. Go into the cinema, the excitement. I'm when I went to see Force Awakens, the fucking excitement coming out of me at every scene, everything that was happening. I was, oh, oh this is my, and I came out of it. I came out of it like a fucking kid i came out of it like a child again with a lightsaber you know it's not like when i came out of phantom menace and i was thinking about the trade federation and the embargoes you know that was interesting but coming out of the force awakens it followed the dynamic of obviously a new hope which i didn't really mind and i came out of there and i wanted to grab a lightsaber and i wanted to have a lightsaber fight and it was just that kind of a movie it was exciting it was new there was new characters you know when you spoke obviously about having female characters and you know having you know uh, woke people within the movie and stuff nothing mattered in that movie to me nothing it was just a fucking balls to the wall star wars movie when i went in to see the second one son was there the missus wasn't there this time she didn't want to go see it so the two of us went we sat down right and the first scene where general huck's and uh, Poe Dameron are having that back and forth.
1: I'm holding hello. the general hooks. Hello, hello, hello. And then he does the old classic.
0: Yeah. Oh. That scene. That scene went on. Me? That scene went on for like fucking an hour, right? Yeah. And I turned around to Ernie and I looked at him and I went, Ernie, I'm not going to like this movie. And he was he's looking at me. And he was like, five minutes in. I, like, <laughs> I, I know. I know I'm not going to like it. And it just went downhill from there. Like it, it was an absolute fucking car crash of a movie. Like, possibly one of my most hated movies of all time.
1: Oh, yeah. I know how you feel about that. And I, I won't say this is one of my most hated, but, and, and like I say, we are going to come on to that. I want to do, we need to talk about those three. Uh Yeah, how we oh, really,
0: yeah. oh, yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I also want to talk about one film, a Star Wars film, coincidentally, that should never have been made. Yeah. Solo, a Star Wars story. We all know this. We knew it would come in. Why why has $300 million been spunked up the wall given as a Han Solo origin film? Why do Do we need it? Do you know
0: why? Do you know why? Why? Because of Force Awakens.
1: What? Because?
0: Because because Force Awakens brought everything back. The Force Awakens brought everything back to people. And this is what happens. This is what happens when, when, when you hit gold the first time around. And especially something like like Disney or Star Wars, I don't think that they, I don't think that they expected Force Awakens to hit as as hard as it did, and how it reimagined everything again for people that like brought up all the old feelings of the the old Star Wars fans. It brought new people into Star Wars, and as soon as that happens, any executive worth their salt will will just fucking green light anything. And we've seen it. We've seen it all.
1: My argument has always been about the about since Disney got hold of Star Wars is they are obsessed with the time period between Luke being born, Luke and Leia being born, and 40 years after it. They're obsessed with everything. They cannot see outside of it because it means creating new characters, new stories. Uh, Boba Fett, this is why the Boba Fett thing, I'm going back to it, this is why it annoyed me yes, Boba Fett isn't an original character, but we're building an original mythology around him, the book of Boba Fett. And the fourth episode, fifth episode, they went back to Mandalorian, which was making money. They didn't have confidence in a full series without, it wasn't even a cameo. It was a full episode. (laughs) Solo, a Star Wars story, it's a full episode of something that was not needed. And it turns out nobody wanted it. It was bastardised through its entire production. They brought in Lord and Miller shit themselves when two, you know, comedy kids' writers decide to make a Star Wars film. Shock horror. There's a lot of you know interpretation and 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 you know freestyling in the script and they're trying to come up with jokes and make it lighthearted. And Disney just shot themselves. And then you get to this point where Solo comes out, Ron Howard's come in to try and save it. It's an absolute jumbled mess up to a certain point. There's nothing original about it. And the only thing that got me interested about seeing more of it was Darth Maul. Yeah. Again, and this Star Wars film, solo Star Wars films, just should never have been made. Take $300 million and give us the story of the first Jedi or the story of um, Darth Plagueis. Or what, what do they call him? Palpatine's... Oh, Palpatine's master you
0: yeah, know what I mean right. let's see yeah.
1: that let's see um, Darth Maul
0: let's see a Darth Maul movie.
1: let's see a Darth Maul movie. let's see 200 years ago when the Republic and the Jedi were in full flow and you know you can still have Jedi and lightsabers and Republic and spaceships you don't have to base everything around that 30 year time period and give us everything anyway then. Um, what's on your list we're going to have to do something serious soon
0: uh, well <laughs> this one ain't it uh, Aquaman okay Jason Babaga. Aquaman uh. everything everything was fucking terrible it, it was bad CGI it was bad acting it is a lost movie within DC it is a standalone movie that's getting a sequel and there is nothing going on around it you know, it was supposed to be within the obviously this d c universe of Justice League and stuff like that. But now it's kind of it's bastardized itself away from it because nobody knows what it is anymore. You know, nobody knows who's part of the Justice League. Is there going to be another justice League? Um, what's the explanation going to be? you know, of Aquaman still being, you know, within the world or uh, everything within it? It just it disappointed me so much. But then, DC as a whole, uh, you know, just went for five years, just disappointing, you know, pretty much everybody other than fanboys. Um, But Aquaman, Aquaman, just it just seemed like a movie that just didn't need to be there. We didn't, I don't think we needed to see, you know, where Aquaman came from. Like, I didn't need to go to Atlantis. I didn't need Willem Dafoe, you know, in it. I didn't need... You know, I didn't need it.
1: <laughs> I've, um, I've put Batman versus Superman on my list. And for the reason of, it should never have been made because as much as I, I do enjoy Man of Steel, I know you don't, I know you, you find a lot of faults with it. I think it's one of the better DCU films. Um, Batman versus Superman should never have been made in that incarnation at that time. Man of Steel had come out; it'd done all right. Zack Snyder was on a bit of a roll, and they said, "Right, we want you to do a sequel." And this is, for me, is Snyder, and I've said this before on this podcast, doing a land grab of, yeah. "I want to do Batman. I also yeah. want to do Lex Luthor in the, in, a, in a sort of more general film. I want to do. Um, I want to. I want to bring Robin into it at some point." Uh, I want to do the Batman versus Superman, but I also want to do Doomsday, but I also want to, do, you know what I mean? And he's like, and we saw it with his version of Justice League as well, where he brings in Aquaman and all these other, you know, Cyborg and Flash and Flash's dad. And he's, he's bringing so much into this universe. And it is the Snyderverse. It mm-hmm. wasn't, it's not the Feigeverse over at Marvel. It's the MCU, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And there's one person guiding the stories Zack Snyder for me was always about how to make it about him. I don't want somebody else's Aquaman. I don't want to, it's like a toy box and it's like you don't want your friend to bring his Aquaman doll. I want to play with my Aquaman doll. So I'm yeah. going to create him how I see him. That's why I'm going to set up the Justice League before you've even had a chance to greenlight it because I'm going to introduce Aquaman in my Batman versus Superman. I'm going to introduce Flash. I'm going to introduce Wonder Woman. I'm going to use a photo. From World War One, so I'm going to force you to do Wonder Woman in World War, you know, and it's all about him dictating how it goes. And then Batman versus Superman comes out. We have 12 minutes of them fighting, and it's just and it, it was just too much, too soon. We should have had a second Batman, uh, second Man of Steel film. We should have had a Batman film, possibly an Aquaman film at that point, if the if the the thirst is there as such, and then do Batman versus Superman, then do Justice League the 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 rushed it too quickly um and it shouldn't have been
0: made at yeah, that time. The, the the battle was forced but Completely. I still I, I still believe that it is one of the better D C movies. I'll say that.
1: The ultimate cut is.
0: The ultimate cut, yeah not the, not cut the theatrical is. cut not the theatrical cut, no. Right.
1: But uh okay. So that's uh, I think we're there for comic book movies really.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's it. Then, but the, my next one, is, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the movie, but I'm gonna add in the the director and a lot of his other movies. Uh, <laughs> the Happening. Mm-hmm. I still cannot find anything on the internet that actually explains to me what The Happening is actually about. Can't find it. Can't see it. Can't don't understand it. I don't know what it's about. It's a movie where people just get stupid and scared at everything. Oh, oh no, there's a cloud. Oh, oh no. Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg plays a science teacher. There you go.
1: That's fantastic. Thank you, everybody. Right, moving on.
0: (laughs) He has the tone of a fucking cucumber in this movie. I I just I don't know how to explain each character and, and what they are. If you haven't seen The Happening, I would tell people to watch The Happening and just try to figure out what the fuck is going on. There's There's been the talk that it, it was spores coming out of plants. Well, yeah, uh, the,
1: the, the kind of... The, I think the old woman explained it towards the end or something. So it's plants, nature... Um, plants have started releasing uh, neurotoxin, which uh, people breathe in and kill themselves. It's basically nature trying to take back the planet. It from it makes the,
0: them stupid.
1: It makes them stupid and kill themselves. It I makes mean, them
0: walk around like they have four brain cells.
1: The scene where Mark Wahlberg attempts to negotiate on behalf of humanity with a house plant <laughs> really does <laughs> it's just and he's going for it he's going for it he's staring at this plant going look we've done bad things but we can change it's, like, Shut <laughs> <up.">
0: it's <laughs> just it's awful and and you know what it brings it brings me to uh, obviously M Night like if if anything it, that initial hit I think I spoke about it last week like going to see Fight Club and Six Sense as a double header one one Friday night with one of my friends and coming out of Sixth Sense. And it was the first time, I think that probably the first time where I've ever been gobsmacked by a movie. Like it was 1998, 1999, was about 16, 17. And it was the first time that I've actually been gobsmacked by a movie. Maybe Usual Suspects, maybe Kaiser Susie, uh, Usual Suspects. Maybe that was, a wee, that was a wee bit before. But seeing Sixth Sense just in my head is like, this guy is going to be, this guy's going to be Hitchcock like this guy is going mm. to be the surprise master this guy is going to be something fucking unbelievably special and then you know you get things like the village and you get signs and lady in the water uh unbreakable which was utter shite and i don't care what anyone says it was fucking terrible
1: I don't uh, get what, but- i don't get about unbreakable whatever i mean everyone says all oh, the amazing twist at the end it's like He's telling me it wasn't signposted to fuck.
0: Not that amazing, like nah, It's, not it's genuinely all. not. And like you know, I will say this. Apparently, the the other movies within the Unbreakable trilogy are you know are better. Split. Um,
1: Split is great.
0: Split mm-hmm. is
1: very very good. Glass is a big letdown. I get where you're coming from with the happening. it, it, it is one of those. Yeah, it shouldn't have been made. No. Do you remember when we used to joke on about um, Jerry Bruckheimer would allegedly be sat in his office with a big pile of coke and a big bag of money next to him and somebody walks in and goes, uh, I'm going to fly a bunch of oil drillers to an asteroid and they're going to blow it up with a nuke. But ah, I fucking hear and he throws a pile of money at him. Go make it for me. Who's in it? Bruce Who's Who's
0: it? Bruce Willis. <laughs> Anybody it's else? Another hundred million. Uh,
1: Michael Duncan and um, <laughs> Steve Buscemi is going to be cracking wise. <laughs>
0: A comedy relief.
1: Yeah, is he going to be a is he going to be a serious guy? No, he's going to be a suspected pedophile. Okay, let's go
0: for
1: it. He is as well. You know, if you look at Armageddon and some of the shit that guy said, Rockhound at one point, where Liv Tyler's character is saying. I had to have Rockhound show me how to use a tampon or something for the first time. And he's like, oh, geez, who, what? Uh, and you're like, that's serious. <laughs> that's, not right. that's serious. That's not right. That's serious. But hey, not it's right. Michael Bay. Um, in fact, can I just quickly add to the list anything Michael Bay's ever made post 2005?
0: Then all the Transformers movies. <laughs> Is yes. that what you mean? Yeah, Dad. Transform. Transformers. Transformers and, movies. And, well, to
1: be fair, to uh, be fair just, six underground, uh, seven underground, whatever the fuck it's called, and um, no, nah, basically the Transformer first, first film where he tries first to just Transformers fight.
0: movie. First Transformers movie is good.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then anything after that. Um, right. Okay. So I'm gonna start going with uh, with some of the stuff that should never have been made. Um, okay. Now, there's a couple on my list. One I'm going to start with, and some people might be familiar with this film, some people might not be um, Judd Seuss. Um, 1940 Nazi German historical drama propaganda film, um, very much uh, the brainchild of Heinrich Himmler, uh, who was in charge of sort of propaganda and, and the Nazi sort of film machine back then. Um, it was directed by a guy called Veep Harlan. Um, and this took a story from uh, sort of eighteenth-century German society of a, a court Jew who was employed uh, by uh, Duke Carl Alexander, um, and, and there's basically sort of various twists and turns in, and the the character of uh, Joseph Oppenheimer, the, the lead sort of character, the, the lead Jew, is not painted in a good light at all. Um, in terms of sort of being that typical stereotype that most right wing anti-Semites come out with about uh, how would you imagine the uh, Jewish people to be. um, Imagined very much uh, a tax collector, brutal in his methods, uh, suppressing rebellions. Um, This was a film that was designed as propaganda to show that the rise of the Jew is dangerous and would lead to um the, an influx of and this is going from the film this isn't me the, me sort of speaking um opening up your society to the jew to jews would bring destitution and disease and various other horrifying sort of suggestions um goebbels used this as propaganda joseph goebbels used this and it was one of the biggest films in germany in in for some time. It was made for sort of 2,000 Reichmarks, uh, ended up at uh, 2 million Reichmarks, ended up taking 6.5 million. In a country who was geared up for war, this was a film that Goebbels and Himmler urged the SS and their families to go and see, uh, to put money in. It was very much sort of along the same lines as Die the, uh, the Eichle Judah, uh, The Eternal Jew. Basically, this was a film that was propaganda for showing Jews to be dangerous and a threat to German civilization and the Aryan line. Um, directly from this film coming out, led to one sort of rule from the outcry from people watching the film that Jews should start wearing the Star of David on their arm. Um, World War II had already been, you know, coming to effect at that point. But this, for me, is a film that can only point towards an increase in. Anger, hatred, violence towards the Jewish and Jewish and Roma populations of Eastern Europe and Germany around that time. Uh, it led to their um, attack, it, their segregation, like I say wearing the stars on their arm. And I think can obviously ultimately only lead to uh, not only the atrocities at Auschwitz and, and various other places, but I think it also had a lot of influence in being able to turn German faces away from the atrocities people were i think were more accepting of what was going on in the ghettos of poland hungary romania or even germany itself because they'd seen films like this and they were sort of more understanding more tolerant of how the jews were being treated because of filth like this mm. um i think any i think historically it should be studied I, I, and I'm going to mention another film along them same lines, but suggesting that we should study it and learn from it is absolutely no, no reason to say that it should be a film that should never have been made. This is, for me, it is peak Nazism, you know, German right-wing fear propaganda that has had detrimental effects on a large proportion of this world for a long time. Um, and it's just reading about the film. I've seen clips of it. I've never seen it all the way through, but I can fully understand why people, you know, got that. If you were an uneducated German watching this, being forced to watch this, being encouraged to watch this by SS soldiers, family, whoever, and you're being told that Jews were not of pure Aryan blood, it's it, it's scary. Um, I think we should learn from it, but it should never have happened. Never we be.
0: haven't. We haven't learned from it. We haven't learned we're, from it. Because we're doing it all over again with social media.
1: We are. We are. But uh, for me, this is a film. And, and go and read about it, uh, Judas, Seuss. Um, go and read about the film. Um, obviously, like I say, read it. Don't appreciate it. Please don't enjoy it. If you do, don't listen to us anymore. Um, but yeah, that, that for me is a film that should never, ever have been made. And it's sad that the world got to a point where it did.
0: Uh, I am going to tackle something now. People might think this is bad of me to say it, like, but I did, there's a documentary called The Titty Cut Follies. Okay. And Titty Cut Follies is a documentary from 67, from I think it is, Um, written and directed by a guy called Frederick Wiseman. Basically, what The Titty Cut Follies is, is it is a documentary about institutionalized... um. Mental institutions within America uh, in Massachusetts. It was a house for the criminally insane, Bridgewater State Hospital. Um, it was filmed in '67, and it basically was the workings of an asylum. Um, and it was it was so um, damaging to the American uh, institutionalization uh, of people that they banned it. So the first time that anyone had actually seen uh, of the movie was in 1987. Now within the movie, uh, there are a lot of very very bad things going on. There are uh, abuses from the guards, and um, there are people being locked in rooms. You know, having to you know put feces on themselves. Uh, there is just so much wrong with this movie. Now the reason why it was made was simply because they wanted to show the inside of a state institution uh, and how bad that it was. Um, And something obviously good came out of it because when people started to see uh, the documentary, um, it changed a lot of the institutions in America because back then, you know, nowadays me and you have this conversation all the time and it's basically Uh, a lot of people don't realise, they're like, oh, autism has just existed, you know, it's only been around for the last 20 years. Well, no, it isn't, because what they used to do was, anybody who was heavily autistic, they just called them mental and stuck them in a home, and that was it. You know, they were just seen as a throwaway, you know, body in society, so they just put them in an insane asylum and let them rot there, and, you know, nobody ever looked after them, and, you know, we put these fucking sadists in charge of looking after our most vulnerable citizens, and, you know, it's not really the right thing to do. Um, obviously it changed. Um, and it was shown, I think, for the first time on PBS in nineteen ninety two. Um, you can watch it now. I think it's on YouTube. You can watch it. Um, it's on fucking Ted Turner's classic movies, uh, uh channels. But the reason why I don't think it should be made was this: how, how can someone with so many mental problems uh physical problems agree to be in a movie and I was good. The pro- yep. yeah the problem with this movie is a simple fact is that a lot of the contracts that they got were oral so they never got anybody to sign anything they never got anybody to do anything they just went in and basically said do you agree being on in this movie and of course if you're stuck in an asylum and you don't you see the same four walls every single day and you see the same fucking 10 people every single day for 20 years of course you're going to say yes to something that's interesting but it was it was made to shock it was made to offend um i think it's it's a tough watch simply because it did change things and that's what the director said he wanted to do but i don't think anybody with that state of mind and that frame of mind can ever agree to be in a movie like this?
1: No, that's a that's uh, exact question I was gonna ask you. Um, the, the makers of *Tickled Follies said, well, everybody who took part gave the blessing. Well, I'd like to put forward the notion that if you are incapable of operating within normal society and you're condemned to a, an insane asylum for want of a better phrase, are you in the right frame of mind to give your consent to appear in a film like this? No. No. Um,
0: 2005 to
1: sort of 2012 was that sort of development of torture porn movies. uh, Saw came out, um, and I think that kick-started it, and then we've got Hostel and um, all sorts of shit. I think there was Martyrs from France that came out around the same time. A lot of um, you know graphic, graphically violent films where they were unflinching from from the from the gore on the screen, um, and that was what sort of attracted a lot of people. And then a film came out in 2010 uh, called a Serbian film, um, directed by Srdan Spasovic Spasievich. Excuse me. Now, if you haven't heard of a Serbian film, it,
0: <laughs> don't watch it.
1: Don't watch it. <laughs> Well, look, obviously, watch it if you want to watch it. But this film is, um, it, it's, it's pitched as an art film on, on the sort of award circuit. It is banned in Philippines, which they ban nearly everything, Spain, Australia, <laughs> New Zealand, Malaysia, and Norway, um, for its graphic violence and sexual content. A Serbian film for me is a film that it is a grotesque, torture porn film made for a certain demographic of people. And it's disguised as an outhouse political satire almost. A Serbian film was made by um, spazijevic as supposed to be an allegory allegory for the Serbian conflicts within the early 90s. Um, it was how the government would manipulate and hypnotise their people into committing atrocities in their name. Um, well, that was the, this is the assumption of what the film was about, or it was supposed to be about. Throughout the film, it's about a guy called Mylos, is a retired porn star with the the quite unique ability of sustaining uh, a very large and solid erection. <laughs> um, he has a wife and son, um, and basically throughout the film, he, he gets signed up to appear in a in an art house pornographer's film. Um. Scenes in this film involve um, the rape of a mother in front of a daughter, the um, asphyxiation of a young girl by a man who she commits, who, who she gives um, fellatio to. There is also a scene in which the director within the film describes as newborn porn, where a woman is seen giving birth to a baby um, and then a man proceeds to rape the baby. Um, there are scenes of um, a man being drugged and sodomized in front of his wife, uh, various other things. It basically leads to some big crescendo of, of gore and sexual violence. And this, like I say, is a film, it's, it's supposed to be an allegory for the Serbian sort of atrocities committed by soldiers during the Yugoslav wars. It's saying and for me, it tells us as much about Serbia as Hostel does about America. This film tells us nothing of Serbia. There's no hints, yeah. there's no discussions of what happened, of where their place is. There is no inference as to what's happening. This is a film made by um, a director who is trying to push boundaries further and further and um, I couldn't watch the whole thing. I think it's obscene that it's been made. I don't see how anybody can take enjoyment from watching the film. If no. you do, you've got issues. And I mean that and I'll say that to your face. This is I can understand why some people I want to say admire the film. I think it's challenging for people to watch and I think some people might sort of want that conversation about themselves, like, oh, I watched it and I really thought this, I thought that. No, it's it comes from, a, Serbia is a country that doesn't have ratings to its films kids can go watch any film, any level of violence, anybody can go watch anything, there's no censorship so for a Serbian director to produce this and pass it off as an allegory of what happened a lot of other people, I read some reviews both off Wikipedia and a few other bits of stuff Um, one guy um, Dragan Bielogri Griglic, sorry, sorry, Dragon. Dragon um, Yeah, probably. He's a, a, a Serbian actor and director. But I got this from his Wikipedia, but he was saying, if you made money in the 90s in Serbia, we all know how you made that money, through war and crime. And this director who made this is the son of a wealthy man. Um, and Serdan Spazijevic has gone off, he's come back to Serbia with his father's money, and trying to make a film about his people and the country, and this one review I said, and I think he put it better than I could, that that shows more about Serbia and what happened in that country than the film ever does. Um, mm. Yeah, it, it's it. There's no need for it to be made. I, d- I don't see any enjoyment out of it. The Serbian a Serbian film should never have been made.
0: Now, well, I'm going to do. I'm going to do a twofer here. I'm going to Go do on. two movies. So uh, first, I'm going to do... Uh, have you ever seen Crash, Paul? I have. The Oscar-winning movie? Yes. Yeah? I'm not going to talk about that one. <laughs> I'm going to talk about the 1996 David Cronenberg movie, Crash.
1: I've seen that one as well.
0: Yeah, where, yeah. The, premise, where the premise is uh, a whole pile of people get uh, sexually charged uh, by car crashes now david cronenberg has made some of my favorite movies um i think a history of violence is phenomenal uh i actually quite like the jude law one existence um the fly videodrome dead zone scanner i mean that's in the space four movies in a row scanners videodrome uh dead zone and the fly like the, the unbelievable unbelievable run then he started going a wee bit weird with you know spider and you know existence and but crash came in 1996 and the cast of crash is amazing you know you have you have spader you have holly hunter uh rosanna arquette but it's just one of these weird fucking sexy crash movies and it's just like I, I don't understand it I, and like I don't understand how how people enjoy it uh, I don't understand it's just as you just said with the with Serbian film I don't understand how people enjoy these movies like it doesn't there's no redeemable like James Spader isn't like some real sexual awakening hunk guy you know that we all want to see his cock and fucking we, we want to see him fucking laying Holly Hunter on the, the front of a car and banging her then you get Holly Hunter a good looking woman she has some kind of like fucking disease or, or, or something. And she's also been in crashes. And so she's wearing all these like uh, back braces as to coin a phrase. She's an aluminum monster uh, throughout the movie. We have, you know, Rosanna Arquette, you know, who it's probably one of the only movies that I can actually remember Rosanna Arquette in. Was she in that single white female? Was she the other one in that single white female?
1: I think she was, so was.
0: I think that's one. But yeah, it's just one of these movies. If you haven't seen Crash, and I mean the 1996 David Cronenberg one, give it a watch because it is just fucking weird Uh, the second one I'm going to talk about is uh, Brown Bunny uh, Vincent Gallo's Brown Bunny
1: can I just quickly say about Crash Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was doing a little bit of research
0: did you do did you have a link (laughs) on sexual
1: yeah driving down the road and on sexual fetishes this apparently isn't a fetish at all car crash
0: but or, anything can be anything can be a fetish.
1: Aye, right, but you know, for it to be usually when you see a film like this, it's because somebody's read a, a news article about a group of people that mock up car crashes or, you know, a group of people that got found with photos or so, you know what I mean? There's always some and this just feels like whoever wrote the novel has just gone, oh, Fucking it, it's car crashes, it sounds sexy, don't it?
0: But how many how many happened after crash?
1: well yeah that's one thing i did try looking for you know to see but then again you don't know really do you uh...
0: (laughs) it's a tough thing to put into google you know and then you have a heart and then you have a heart attack (laughs) yeah i've just realized
1: i'm putting i'm putting half of these films into my work laptop right now i'm i've got a a conversation (laughs) the the crash was banned by um westminster council in the uk so you could go you couldn't see this in the west end of london you can't go to like leicester square anywhere and see this but you can take the Northern Line north for 15 minutes to Camden, and you'd have been able to see it no problem, which is kind of weird. It was given an NC-17 release in America. Um, I, I get the should it never have been made?
0: What's never. The point? What, what enjoyment? What enjoyment? What enjoyment could anybody get yeah. in that movie?
1: I suppose that's where we're sort of putting all this. You've got to get enjoyment from watching these films, haven't you? You've got to why yeah. bother making it if you're not going to enjoy it? And I think. There's been a lot of films out there that sort of challenge you, but I think you should, you should still get the enjoyment from that challenge. To see a man having sex with a woman's wound on the back of a leg is just...
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, talk about, talk about enjoying a movie. Yeah. <laughs> so have you, have you ever seen The Brown Bunny? No, I haven't. Okay, right. Well, unfortunately, I'm going to probably spoil it for you now, okay? Oh, okay. Right. So, Vincent Gallo, um, he kind of got big around mid-90s. Um, he was in a movie with Nicholas Cage called Palookaville. Do you remember that? I like, do. I remember the name. Uh, yeah. I think Dana Carvey was in it as well. I think Dana Carvey was in it. Whatever. Um, but he was in the movie Palookaville, and then he became like uh, an indie... Um, Mr. Mr. Big when he came out with Buffalo '66 in 1998 it was around that time when like movies like Kids and Requiem for a Dream, you know those, yeah. uh, you know Jim Jarmusch movies or uh, you know just down and gritty, you know movies that were shown real life and real streets in New York and real this and real that, and it was that kind of hyper real kind of stuff that Gallo was into as well. Um, so Brown Bunny um, came out in 2003 and it was kind of you know people wanted to see it because uh buffalo 66 was you know very much art house very much uh, uh you know underground and people were actually enjoying what gallo was doing so gallo obviously took uh brown bunny to Cannes, and it didn't go down well and him, and, yeah, and him and Roger Ebert, you know, had a massive blowout uh, at Cannes to do with the movie because Ebert just hated the movie. Uh, I think Gallo called him a, a fat pig with the physique of a of a slave trailer. Um, he, he hexed him, wishing he gets colon cancer, uh, because of what he said about the movie. Yeah. Um, the big the big thing in the movie was that Chloe Sevigny. Ye- uh, gave Vincent Gallo a blowjob uh, and it was a real blowjob and that's how this movie kind of got a lot of people talking about it um the the, the kind of premise of the movie is is very much Dallas so can you guess what I mean by that
1: I do and they're, yeah. they're probably the weakest yeah the weakest twist you can have in a film
0: yeah and that's what it is it's it's the Dallas twist so it's basically um about uh, his character i can't remember his name is bud or something like that there um it's about his character and he is a race car driver and he is going for a drive across america where he gets in touch with three or four girls and there's one particular girl obviously chloe 70 um who he's known from the past and they have obviously have a history a real torrid history because you know there's very much a an aggressive kind of sexual relationship between them. There's obviously the scene where the blowjob happens. Um, but we find out that uh, earlier on, not shown, um, she was his girlfriend and she was pregnant. And she, he thinks that she cheated on him at a party while she was pregnant, but turns out that she was raped. And then we find out later on in the movie that he was actually there and he seen the rape and did nothing. So then she blamed him for that. And then we find that the big twist is that she's dead all the time, and it's a dream. Yeah, and it's a Dallas. Yeah, it's at Dallas. It's nice. Re- <clears throat> no, now, I'll say this: I saw the original, and I believe the original was two hours and ten minutes long, and it yeah, is so. fucking turgid. It is absolute drudgery to the nth degree. It is everything that you think of. What a black and white art house movie made by a a sycophant made by a stuck up fucking kid who thinks he's better than everybody else. You can just guess what it's like for two and a half hour or for two hours, 10 minutes. Um, what I believe is that it, it was cut down for its theatrical release, um, and there's a lot of people actually came out and said, you know what, it's actually not that bad. You know, the cut actually made it better. Gallo does not want to go anywhere near the cut down version. His two hour, 10 minute is his movie, and that's his movie. Um, we then have to obviously deal with the fact that Vincent Gallo is a massive right wing prick. Um And he is massive trumper. He is a massive supporter of the Republican Party, as is nowadays. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I were actually reading this that, um, yeah, there was the back and forth between Ebert, and somebody said that to Ebert about uh, whatever it was. And Ebert came back to him and said, uh, Yes, I'm fat. And one day, Gallo called him fat, whatever. He says, Yeah, I'm fat, but one day I'll be thin. And you'll still be the director of Bad Bunny.
0: <laughs> Brown Bunny.
1: <laughs> Brown Bunny. Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny's that prick from the fucking wrestler. I've got him in my head for last week. So, what about. Um, have you seen the, the edited version then?
0: I haven't. I've only seen, I've only seen the full length one. Um, well, I do believe f- that somebody has told me that it's better.
1: The full length was trashed. Yeah. He's gone back and edited it, and Roger Ebert actually gave it three out of four stars.
0: Yeah, Once it it, it,
1: down.
0: like it was one of those movies apparently that infuriated people at Cannes. Like it got to the point where there there were you know people getting into fistfights in the crowd about the movie, and I don't think anybody was on the side of it was great. I just think they just got angry by everything that was in the movie.
1: <laughs> um. Okay, well that's bad brown bunny or whatever the fuck it's called. Um. I've got one more and then I've got a couple of notable mentions. How many you got left? That's it for me. That's it for you. All right, I'll use my last one. Very quick. Jaws 2. (laughs) Jaws 2 should never have been made because Jaws 1 is perfect. Mm -hmm. Perfect. It finishes, they kill the shark, they go home. It's done. Then we've got to try and believe that a shark comes back again. Okay, there's another shark. We're going to kill it again. All right, I can buy that. The problem with Jaws 2 was it set up Jaws 3 and 4. It opened <laughs> Space, the door.
0: Spaceballs 2, the quest for more money.
1: <laughs> and that's what Jaws 2 did. It opened the door for more of them. Jaws 2 brought us Jaws the 3D, fucking hell, and Jaws the Revenge. And I think while Jaws was the first blockbuster, the first Hollywood blockbuster, mm-hmm. um, Jaws 2 was Hollywood's first cash grab of a sequel. I, I think up to that point, I mean, like, Godfather Part 2 was, you know, it, the story was there and there was the demand for a second part and it was already in the books and it was Part 2, et etc. Et but Jaws 2, Jaws 3, it was just an absolute cash grab. Um, yeah, should never have been made. A couple of notable The, guy, the guy
0: who directed this, is what that, uh, Jaws 2 as well, he directed Santa Claus the movie. I always like doing a wee deep dive into into some of these people and to see what they do afterwards. And do you know what? Um, this guy actually had quite a quite a, a, a full career. Genois Schwart, Schwark, or I think his name is Genois Schwark. So the TV shows he's been involved in, JAG, The Practice, CSI Miami, Ally McBeal, Smallville Without a Trace, Boston Legal, Heroes, Cold Case, Bones, Supernatural, Numbers, Grey's Anatomy, Fringe, uh, Scandal, uh, Castle, Criminal Minds, Law and Order. He he actually did quite well for himself. Well,
1: fair enough. Good for him.
0: (laughs) He (laughs) also did (laughs) Supergirl.
1: Oh, jeez. We've got to do that one week because that was incredible. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Yeah, a couple of uh, honourable mentions or dishonourable mentions. Music. We did a whole episode on that, so I didn't think we need to in that. No, but Sears no. Music uh, was a film that should never have been made. No need for it. shouldn't have been made. Um, I also wanted to discuss Birth of a Nation, W.D. Griffiths, 1915, uh, epic. To um, so be honest, I'd probably end up saying a lot of the same things as I would with Jude Seuss, uh, yeah. as in Jude Seuss, excuse me, uh, as in... It was a film, and I think in terms of filmmaking, in terms of techniques, in terms in one of the first sort of silent films to be using close-ups, and and
0: yeah. um, it's it's a it's, it's a travesty, it's a travesty that this yeah. movie you know kind of invented a lot of things for early Hollywood um, stuff that's been done in movies to this day as and a f- piece of filmmaking yeah.
1: masterclass. It started, and if you can go watch it with that in mind, as as we have to in in uni, where you watch it as. Um, just that it is early cinema it's of its time it's it's the filmmaking techniques people watch it now you know I, I always judge special effects on did they come out before Star Wars or after Star Wars
0: mm-hmm. and
1: if you're watching a film that came out five years after Star Wars and the CGI shit you got no excuse because Star Wars did it and yep. so for now I'm watching this and I'm like you can watch that film King Kong the 1928-29 King Kong I love that because of what it is, because of how they made it. Back then, with very little, they made that fantastic film, and, and it looks incredible. Yes, it looks shit now compared to what we get, but at the time, for what they were capable of, they knocked it out of the park. Griffiths did that with Birth of the Nation. The only problem was it was fucking racist shit. So racist. This It's a film that, it's a film that um, basically caused a resurgence of um, the Ku Klux Klan in America um, and I think could well be responsible, the film could well be responsible for untold number of deaths of African-Americans in America, probably until 1960. Um, In terms of the Klan coming back, in terms of attitudes towards black people, um, probably one of the earliest visual mediums of fake news. Yeah. because this was and, uh, it,
0: and and Woodrow Wilson, the president at the time, fucking d- loved it.
1: Loved it. Brought it into the White House, and this was a film that was made for like a hundred thousand dollars and took about a hundred million at the box office. It was incredibly popular. Hollywood's
0: um, biggest grossing film until Gone with the Wind.
1: It is incredible what it was, and as a filmmaker, as a as a piece of film, it should be watched and appreciated for its techniques and what it did for cinema, but for what it did for um, social relations between different people and the ideas that it puts in people's heads for years to come, it's dangerous.
0: Did you know this? That it was the first film uh, to have a sequel? Really? Mm-hmm. It was a sequel uh, made the year after called The Fall of a Nation and there are no copies of it. Um, it is a lost movie. Nobody can find a copy of, the, of it, but it's the first movie to have a sequel.
1: Well, it's um, kind of said that. One's, one was entered into the American archives of you know, saving it for forever and ever, and the other one uh, is never to be found again. But like I said, but, it, was, yeah. it, it, it was dangerous selling a historical epic. a historical. It, it, it was meant to be a historical document, yeah, but this is what happened, you know, it, and very sad, very dangerous. Okay, um, there you go. There's some films that should never have been made. Uh, if you've got any, let us know at Pod Movie Chef. Um, yeah.
0: On offensive. Speed Two. I was I wasn't even offensive. Speed Two shouldn't have been done either. Speed Two, <laughs> Forrest Gump either, just for the simple fact that it took all the awards away from fucking Pulp Fiction
1: So, it's your menu. It's not a menu. Is it a menu? It's your choice next week. I've I said to you last week, I felt like I've been sort of dictating at what we do. And even last oh, yeah, week,
0: the, the fact that I didn't get to choose a movie, you last didn't even week?
1: get to choose a movie, So, I said, you, you go for it. So, next week is all you, mate. Um, so, you can either do some at Valentine's
0: Day. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. No, no, That's not you. my choice then. No, no, it's all
1: you. It's all you. you. So, you can either do some at Valentine's Day or you can do some at your own menu. Or we can just do one film you want to talk about, or a subject. Or what do you want to do?
0: Let's do venture.
1: Anything at all, okay? Anything at all. Movies Let's set on submarines. Do venture. We can talk about Michael Bay Let's
0: or... do venture.
1: Yeah. You, you want to do fincher, don't you?
0: I want to do venture. yeah. A menu. Menu. You're gonna do the menu. I will do the menu.
1: Okay. Next week we are having a moving menu on Cormax serving up a moving menu of David menu. Fincher. <laughs> now we're getting offensive.
0: Now we're getting offensive. Lots of accents, not too much talks about penises.
1: No, we'll minimize the penises. Did David Fincher do Red Dragon? I think so. Didn't. so no. Good. Huh? Minimal penis talk next week.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> so, yeah. Harvey, I'm
0: trying to think now is Harvey Keitel in any David Fincher movie? And I, I don't think he is. I don't think he is.
1: Oh, it might be. Find out next week. Or just <laughs> IMDB it. Um And if you could let me know what your films are before, like Sunday afternoon, that'd be super.
0: I will let you know them tonight.
1: Really? Can't be films I've already done. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. So, next week, Fincher, week after that. What's after that? I know. knows. We'll do something. Um, anything more from you, sir? No. Twitter, at PodMovieChef. Facebook, whatever, same thing. Instagram, maybe. I haven't I been on it in ages. Uh, but yeah, Twitter's the one, at PodMovieChef. Also, Spotify, if you're still subscribing, you can give us a review. Uh, you can go on there and leave us a five-star review. And raters, and the more people who do, the more people listen to us. Good pods as well. If you listen on Good Pods, the indie podcast uh, uh, app and platform, we were number 83 in the UK of indie podcasts on their platform. Now, I think they've only got 85 podcasts on their platform, but I'm taking it as
0: an absolute win. That's a win. That's a win for me.
1: That's a win. Anything more from you, buddy? No. Right. We're all going to go and write angry letters to. Michael
0: Bay and happy ones to David Fincher goodbye everybody goodbye